And now I preach all last week in Tennessee on the, the importance of responding. And then I thought today how contradictory it is that there are times when uh, I really don't want any response. I want myself is because there are some things that require a very quiet heart and a very quiet spirit to absorb. There are times now I preached all last week in Tennessee on the, the importance of responding. And then I thought today how contradictory it is that there are times when uh, I really don't want any response. I want folks to just be still and to sit there and think it all over. Hallelujah to God. And I, of course, I hate to start out by making some ironic remarks. But I ought to have enough friends here to stick it out with me in case I make some folks mad at me. But I declare, I do believe that from what I perceive, some folks don't know what Bible teaching is all about. Where are my friends? <laughs> but evidently there are folks. You can, you can get up to teach your Bible class and there's time you can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. And uh, I don't know, uh, say what you want. I don't always teach in that manner. But a preacher has to feel his way. And Bible teaching sometimes is like plowing. They don't put speedometers on elevators for a reason. You ain't going to get up in high gear on that field. And you plow a hundred mile an hour and you're going to throw dirt from one side of your farm to the next farm on the other. Now there's time I just soon throw a little dirt over there, but, uh, but when you're plowing there's a speed, you know, if you, and uh, I mean, one reason I'm a little touchy today anyway. Somebody always gets to me and makes me upset. I, I met somebody in your country the other day, one of your folks. Think. I won't know that come to your place look the crown over. But I, I met a man at the Dairy Queen, and uh, oh, one day in Bible class at Iron Hill, I kind of got stirred up and really went at it pretty fast. Didn't last long, but I, I preached for about ten minutes and just carried on the rest. And this old boy met me at the Dairy Queen and he said, Hey, Brother Evans, said, when you held revival, said, did you ever said, did you get going fast all the time like you did today? He said, I like that. See, we need more of that. <laughs> Young Brother Evans was sitting there and he knew that man was treading on dangerous territory. Oh, I said, well. I said, uh, sometime a big heavy rain just runs off and a slow drizzle your soap's in real good. So maybe we'll just grizzle here a little this afternoon. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I have meant places where a fog was too much for some folk. Hallelujah. 
Help Lord. Help Lord. All right. Well, you pray for me and I'll be kind and considerate. But I, Brother Bell asked me to uh, come and meet the camp meeting. The Holy Ghost registered with me. I was kind of surprised that I knew I was substituting for Brother Bill Garrett and I hated that he wasn't feeling well. But uh, when Brother Spell asked me, I don't know why, it just, it just hit me. Like it's the will of God, don't worry about it, go ahead. And I did, I got a witness in my heart that it was all right. And so I said, well, okay. And then I left the camp meeting in Iron Hill and I had all that in my mind from what I'd been preaching and teaching. And I said, now Lord, I can't go there and just rehash some old dry mess than I've had before. I said, surely to God, you got another Bible class up in heaven somewhere that I can borrow. And uh, I rode all after the camp meeting was over, over shouted and danced till I can prove it. I got neckties at home that are all white from the salt coming out in the, in the that's true, I show it. And uh, so I laid down about three o'clock in the morning at young brother Thomas's and I must have just fell out. And uh, I woke up early. And I thought, now I ought to get out and ask God. I ain't got but two days to get ready for that meeting. Now God help me. Now it's hard to think. So I just turned over and said, Lord, give me the mind of God, please. And I didn't get the head off my pillow until at least four pages of notes hit my head. And I had no holding me then. So I got up and put on my robe and got me some scrap paper around and I began to put her down. It came so fast I was like a teletype. And when I got that done, I said, thank you, Jesus. Put it away and went right back to sleep. Hallelujah. So I hope that I can feel today when I teach this as I did when the Lord gave it to me. And I wonder this afternoon if you could stand with me and ask God to help me teach the Bible class. God really love you. You may be seated this afternoon. I've never seen a jerk in my life that bought microphone for the bag full. Brother Spell said, you realize we have 13 mics. They was all up there last night. I said, looks like somebody put it, planted sugar cane on your platform. <laughs> all right. So, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think so. 
Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go to the Word of the Lord, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Remember old Sister Patton? First time she heard me, she got so upset and just hollered right out, well, do something! <laughs> well. Hallelujah. Preachers all a little different. If you can understand my terminology, I pretty well have to have a green light before God I sat there on the runway just idling my engines, but I'm waiting for him to say, hit it. And uh, everybody operates a little different. I have to have things my way when I teach Bible class. I know that. But, uh, oh, I thought you were my friend. Bringing up all my sins here. But, uh, This is a generation of pressure. Uh, I heard a man just while I was traveling, some old colored preacher on the radio, very dignified old gentleman, and he said, this is the pressure cooker generation. This generation will put the pressure on you. Life is not as simple as it once was. Life just is not as elementary as it once was. Seems like nothing is simple anymore. And everything is complicated and life is not as easily lived as it has been. And this is a generation that rushes hurries and gets nowhere and never satisfied competition is keen and things are are difficult now to exist you might say that peace is hard to find peace is hard to find I <laughs> I laugh uh, when I first got it on the field all oh, about 15, 16 years ago uh, you can get away from people you can travel to some remote areas go to some old state park or a campground and you can be almost alone you can't do that now uh it's kind of comical. You go to the state park and you find supersonic equipment everywhere. 
out in the middle of the woods. There's TV antennas and CB aerials, and even the kids have hundred-dollar toys that they run around, talk through, and play with. And the tents are put up, touching one another, and clothes like going from one tree to the other, and uh, multi-thousand-dollar campers and trailers, and the park's crowded. There isn't room for flies. And you take a walk through a woods and you meet somebody. You might even meet whole groups of people. You'd, and uh, you can't travel down the interstate anymore and just kind of daydream. You've got to watch every move. You've got to keep your eye on the road. And it's that way, you know, things that we used to do for pleasure today are taken away from us and spoiled. It seems like there's more, I don't know, now you check me out here, it seems to me that all I hear anymore is bad news. Somebody's sick, somebody's got cancer, somebody's had an operation, or they're just getting over one, or they're getting ready to have one. And trouble here, trouble there, adversity, not only in the religious life, but in the natural, wars, rumors of wars, they're talking war right now. They certainly are. I don't read the newspapers, and what little I get, I hear on the news when I'm hunting some other station for FM music, maybe. But I hear them discussing whether or not we can survive a war with the USSR. And uh, our leaders are contemplating that thing. Could we survive? Could we make it? And uh, these are perilous times. I don't even find I'd give anything. If I could go back and be a little boy again and live on the farm where I came from. Well, I can't do that again. Can't be a little boy again. And I can't go back on the farm. My dad done sold it. So I've had it. And... Uh, I want to say even the rest areas ain't what they used to be. That's right. It's, it's bad business. Oh, the dogs are taking them over. Oh, i never seen the light of people traveling with animals. He's got a dog. She's got a dog. Everybody going up and down. They can't read. Sign said dogs over here and the dogs are where they don't belong. I honestly think it would be nice to go to the moon. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you that, of course you know I'm only painting this picture for a reason. But there is a truth in what I'm saying, although it is comical. We all know that that day is... Our lifestyle has changed in this country. But our inner man and our inner needs are still the same. Man requires peace. He requires serenity. Time to be alone. Time to... to Being alone with God is like plugging in one of these razors. You can unhook for a while, but they'll run down. And you have to plug them back in and let them charge overnight. And time spent alone with God 
will reactivate the inner man that he put within you. That's why, we, that's why I insist on some services, not often, but there are times when we come to service like this and we still want to just, you know, shoot for the sky. And I wonder if God does not intend for us to kind of come before him and just kind of calm ourselves. I'm going to beat you to death with this until you do it. Until we can just come and be contented to be in his presence. Not get all that hipped up. Not be all that scratchy. And just kind of take it by spoonsful. Hallelujah. Amen. I, in fact, I feel it so much today, I'm ready to, to go home. And just come back tomorrow and maybe listen today. goes on half the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now you help me. I'm, I'm trying and uh, you just have to bear with me for a minute. But this scripture says, let this mind now that, that quietness finally hit. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let's read it together. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And I asked the Lord, I said, God, give me the mind of God. I said, Lord, I cannot teach you have meeting without the mind of God. And it was just so real to me as if the Lord would say, do you think you're the only one that needs the mind of God? And all of my sudden I realized that each individual that makes an attempt at walking with God, it is necessary that each one individually have the mind of God. And he said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know whether you can assimilate my thinking this afternoon, but I want you to understand. He said, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, he wants me to have a duplicate. He wants me to have a duplicate. Now, this right at the moment may not be all that thrilling, but I promise you, <laughs> there are some things that we can get into that if you're asleep now, you won't be then. And I wonder, 
We all were baptized in Jesus' name. We were all filled with the Holy Ghost. We all believe in praising the Lord, or the biggest part of us do. Don't say you believe it if you don't do it. If you don't do it, shut up. You're a liar. You don't believe nothing. You only believe what you do. <laughs> Hallelujah. What you do is what you really believe. You just think you believe in it if you don't do it. If you do it, you believe in it. If you, hear, if you say, I believe in it, but I don't do much, you mean what you're saying is, I heard about it. But it really didn't mean that all that much. But I thought everybody needs the mind of God. Now, I realize that this one I'm trying to put over is going to take several layers. I'll have to make several approaches, several attempts to get the feeling that I want you to have when I quote that verse. I wonder this afternoon, you that have had the Holy Ghost and you that believe in the truth, I wonder if you could ask yourself this afternoon, do I have God's mind? Do I have God's mind? Do I have God's mind? He said, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Do I have God's mind? Do I have the mind of God? Do I have God's mind? Do I have the mind of God? Do I have God's mind? He said, let this mind be in you. It'll work. I know this will. Do let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It ain't enough to have his spirit. We quote that scripture a lot tonight. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling you in your mortal body, that ain't all that is a requisite for us. I not only have to wear his name, I not only have to be filled with his spirit, but this book says that I have got to have his mind. Do you have God's mind in you? Do I have the mind of God? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, boy, this is going to take some time. And Brother Emmanuel will get worse instead of better. No, I'm... We all have certain things in common physically. We look different. Our facial arrangements <laughs> are all different. Personalities are a diversity here. And what have you? But suddenly, I can't, I, you'll just be patient with me. I'm going to try to get over what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to get to this afternoon is not all that easy to put in the human words. 
So if I work with it, struggle with it, you'll understand after a while why I had such a hard time. But it's worth doing. Do you have the mind of God? Hallelujah. I didn't feel the teacher till then. Do you have the mind of God? And I want to say that suddenly it occurred to me that there is a class of people walking the face of this earth that have divine intelligence. Jesus tarries. If you don't, hallelujah, we go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Tell all my kid folks, hello for me. That's right. <laughs> but all of a sudden it occurred to me, if you're really a member of the body of Christ, that you are a member of a class of people who has the mind of Christ. Let me just, let me just, just rub this in a little quicker. Well, I'm going to do it. Ah, uh, this young lady sitting with this man over here. I don't know what makes me. I just want you, do you ever think of yourself as having the same mind that Jesus had? Let me ask some of you this. a suggestion that was a commandment God was giving direction to the believer he said let this mind be in you not I'm not talking about psychology now and uh, hyper educated philosophy or some kind of an educated thing but he said let this mind the mind that was in the man Christ Jesus let that same mind be also in you. And I can't hardly get it around, Timothy, but I'm working on it. Somehow it occurred to me, the Lord's tempted, Timothy, you've got to get this mind. Hallelujah! 
I see the blunders and the failures that I made. And I know it because I did not have that mind. Oh, hallelujah. And whether you are aware of it or not, it makes a big difference how things turn out. Whether I get that mind or not, that was in Christ Jesus. I want that mind. I need that mind. That mind will save me. And the mind that I have of my own will damn me. I've got a mind. I've got a mind that came with the flesh. Good Lord from heaven. You know, I thought of an illustration now that would probably bind the whole Bible class. Well, it's bad. Well, you ain't heard it yet. You got faith. Well, I was reading in a magazine the other day. It was a motorcycle magazine. Now say, oh, yeah. Have faith, Elder. Come on, have faith. Help me. All right. It's all that faith, man, right with it. I said, that's it. Oh. <laughs> oh <God. coughs> but anyway, in that, it says, would you believe that the point your Honda needs doesn't come with it? They're trying to sell electronic ignition is what they're doing. And they're telling you that the thing that came with it just ain't really good that there's a better one for it and they're right I got one now I'm telling you that the mind that came with this body them old cheap points and you ain't going to go very far. You're going to jerk and go all the time. You ain't getting no power out of them. Hey, hey, hey. But God has another thing. If you take the time to consider this, God has another mind. It don't come with your flesh. Hallelujah. But it'll fit in your flesh. Amen. It, it didn't come from flesh. But God produced one that will work in your flesh. Oh my God. And it's a wonderful thing. When you can get rid of that old natural mind. Because it is not capable of comprehending anything. Spiritual. It's only on the natural uh, plane of life. I'll be glad when I finally get into this so I can teach. 
But when I read this and let this mind, now hang on. Y'all judge me if you want to. God knew we were flesh. God knows I'm human. But if he didn't give me a commandment to have a, na- a supernatural mind, I'm not standing here. Jesus Christ was God Almighty. And man ain't God and God ain't man. As far as my part is concerned, he was both man and God, we know. But he gave a commandment knowing that I'm human, knowing that I'm carnal and earthly and natural and corruptible, turned right around and told me, said, give that mind of God. Get the mind of God. Let the mind that was in Christ Jesus that I know you're human and I know you're natural and I know he was in flesh but his mind was not earthly. His intelligence, his anointing was Christ. And he said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus let it also be in you. been something. Evidently it was. But that ain't the thing that's tipped me my wheelbarrow over. It's when he turned around and said, get this mind. think that scientists have a, a highly intelligent. In fact, I'd even say that their intelligence is hyper. They say that there's only a step between insanity and being a genius. And Jesus had a mind second to none. Well, what was his outlook on things? He knelt and prayed and said, For this cause I am come in the world. He said, I am come to do thy will, O God. That's the way he thought. That's the terms he lived in. That was the purpose he was living for. He said, I have come to do thy will, O God. His prayer was filled with that kind of submission. He said, Not my will, but thine be done. Nevertheless, he was, that's the kind of mind he had. And oh my God, I, was, I can't get to it like I want to, but I'm going to keep working at it. If I live in this world and die with my own natural mind, I have missed everything that God wanted me to have. Why? Because the Bible said that by wisdom, man didn't know God. And yet this world is full of man's wisdom. We ride on it every time we get in a jet. We enjoy it every time we stay cool. When we're served by man's wisdom every time we use a microwave. 
Everything about us, man's wisdom has done a lot. But it has absolutely crippled him when it comes to fellowship with God. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, there's got to, I've got to get another mind if I'm going to walk with God. And many folks are still living in the natural. They're still living with the natural mind. And they don't understand spiritual things. And when they run up on something that's a little spiritual, it's foolishness to them. They can't hook on. They can't tune in. It ain't on their channel. Well, we'll break it down to where it's more practical in just a little bit. But he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to say this. There is a mind of God for every walk of life. There is, there is the mind of God for every walk of life. What would be the mind of God for a housewife? Oh, I can jump in here and make so much of a mess. What would be the mind of God for a housewife? Now, God said, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are what? They're not your thoughts. Now, God's words are His thoughts. This is the mind of God. And when Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. What he was telling them, get some smarts. Or in other words, when you've got the word of God, you've got the mind of God. When you're outside of the word of God, you're out of the mind of God. Now you can, because the only thing I can prove this by is a very unpopular issue. It's a very unpopular issue. But what is the mind of God for a woman? the mind of God for every walk of life. Well, let's don't say that about the ladies right now. Let's be a coward and talk about the men. Hallelujah. Well, I know, but I'm really not all that concerned about my illustration, but I'm, I'm working to something else. One reason I'm, I'm slow on this, I intend if God be my helper to take at least three days to develop this one verse. What about a young man? What is the mind of God for a young man? Some cocky bachelor wants to drive a big car and live in his own apartment, don't want to be tied down, no wife or children, or don't want any responsibilities. He don't have the mind of God. You gotta have a dozen? 
What? That ain't the mind of God. We weren't in Bible class before, but we are now. We were just trying to get into it. I believe that God has a mind. I believe there's a mind of God for every walk in life. And God said this, your ways ain't my ways. Well, how do I know his ways? I've got to read the book to find out what is the mind of God. What is the mind of God for a young man? Now, you all ain't going to like me when I say this. I believe you can find the mind of God quicker by reading the Bible than you can praying. Why should I look up in the sky and wait for some ghost or some pigeon to fly by with a little message on it when I've got the biggest part of God's mind right under my nose in 60 cent books? I'll tell you what I do do. You know what I'll do? I'll say, God, what is your will? What do you want? You know, on impulse. I start reading the Bible. All right, all right. When I get real depressed and I can't figure out a situation, invariably I'll sit down and just, I may not know just where to read, but I start coming. And, and God has always been very faithful to somehow direct my attention. Out of all the verses in this book, God seems to know the very verse that is on the line for my need when I go to His Word. And I'm not one of these to just put my finger down and close my eyes. I don't want to do that. I want God to give me eyes to see. Hallelujah. I never was for that. I never was. Now, some folks even teach that they should do that. Well, that's okay. But I believe that's my duty to teach it out of them. Hallelujah. All right. All right. But this is the mind of God. This is the mind of God. If you all stay with me in these Bible classes, you'll enjoy the ones in the future more than you'll enjoy this one. Well, I know, but I just keep having to shellac this thing over and over and over all the time. What is the mind of God for every walk of life? If you're a young man, what is it? Well, what does God say? Well, He said it's not good for a man to live alone. What made God say that? That was in his mind. You'd say, what's in your head? That was God's ideas. That was God's opinion. So you got a young man that's cocky and selfish, wants to spend every dime on himself, doll himself up like some kind of a peacock, and don't want any responsibilities, and doesn't want any kind of duties, and doesn't want to feel obligated to anything or anybody. He hasn't got the mind of God. He hasn't got the mind of God. Hallelujah. I hear sometimes I hear young ladies, I hear, in fact, one in particular I'm thinking of right now. She said, boy, I'll tell you one thing. She said, ain't no man going to tell me what to do. And that ain't the mind of God. I know. 
I mean, little jokes aside, folks, it's deep in one way, but in another way, it ain't all that much. It ain't all that complicated. And you have to have the mind of God if you're going to live for God. And you can't have your mind and have His mind too. He said, your ways are not my ways. And your thoughts are not my thoughts. And He said, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. Now you need God's mind. You need the mind of God. You need God's mind. You need the mind of God. Do you have the mind? Oh, I spoke in tongues. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Wonderful, me too. But I asked myself, I said, have I got the mind that Jesus had? Do I have that mind? Do I think like he thinks? If you got his mind, you think like he thinks. You like what he likes. You hate what he hates. You appreciate what he appreciates. And you value what he values. And you can read him and he can read you. Putting it in our vernacular. Have you got the mind of God? Man, if a fella get up and preach holiness and somebody get mad, you know why? Because they ain't got the mind of God. You got an old carnal mind. You got an old worldly mind.
Amen. It ain't enough to claim His Spirit and wear His name. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. You got to have the mind of God. You got to have the God's mind. I've got to have God's mind. Everybody has got to have the mind of God. Oh, I can sing. I don't know how you sing. Have you got his mind? Oh, I can play the piano. Ain't nobody saying nothing. You don't need the piano, to, uh, the mind of God to play the piano. Remember, Rocky hadn't even got a head of mind and he played the piano. Because he don't know what he is. Jesus, I hate, I hate to be like that. Wouldn't it be awful to be so dumb after living 50 years in the world and look in the mirror and, feel, and figure out what you are? And what am I? You're about half one and half the other. That's confusing, isn't it? That ain't the mind of God either. Oh, man, like Brother Allen's been preaching you see sissified boys, that ain't God's mind. They don't have the mind of God. If they had the mind of God, they'd have a sound mind. There ain't no soundness in somebody that don't know what they are. They make up their mind whether they want to be a man or be a girl. I don't know why I want to say this, but I'm going to say it. Being one or the other would be fun. But it seemed to me like being half and half be miserable. In fact, you don't even see it in the animal world. I never did beat a, an animal that was half bull and half heifer. Well, that ain't what I'm going to dwell on, but I'm just saying that you've got to have the mind of God. You've got, to have, you've got to have the mind of God. What is the mind of God? What is the mind of God? Let me tell you something. People can shout without the mind of God. Man, this music we play around here, fiddle breaches. Be an atheist and run these aisles and... Enjoy that shuffle we do. And it's good for you, too. That's right. That ain't going to save you. That ain't going to save you. No, it won't save you. It just gets your blood to circulate. That's all. But you've got to have the mind of Christ. What kind of mind do you have? Have you got the mind of God? Oh, just let me get down here to earth. You see some old gal in the church sit down and just straddle herself out and don't put her dress down and knees are showing? That ain't the mind of God. And it don't do any good to put on a long dress if you don't know how to sit like a lady. Come on, ladies. Thank you. 
You got to have the mind of God. You can't. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And if you don't have the mind of God, the best people in the world ain't going to help you. That's right. I told somebody today, I was talking about, well, I was really talking about preachers. My guts are full of intolerance for men that claim a divine calling and haven't got none. Oh, I am so weary of that I can die. It's eating on me. I wish I knew how to, to, to stop it. I don't like it. Makes me nervous. Too many men criticizing the ministry, criticizing preaching, criticizing what said at camp meetings and conventions, and they don't have the mind of God. If they did, they can hear God when a man's preaching. Running their mouth. God didn't put them in that position. God didn't exalt them in that measure. God did not commission them in that capacity. And yet they feel qualified to condemn the man that he did. The Bible said that God put him in the body as it pleased him. God's men know what they're doing. They know when it's time to preach against the UPC and tell it like it is. What do you sit around here with your fat face and them for you? If you had the mind of God, you'd say amen. amen. Good God, I'd like to stand on the piano. I'm tired of men. Let's look at this thing from the natural. We need the mind of Christ. You can't serve God and serve man at the same time. You can't be worried about people's feelings and friends if you're going to serve God. If you're in business for God, you can't be in business for yourself. God, he said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, let it be in you. When God lays it on a preacher to get up and slap not the snot in hell out of a man-made system. You can't say amen, then you shut your mouth. I said if you can't say amen, then you shut your mouth. God knows what he's doing. They got the mind of God. God puts it in them. God stirs up their spirit. He knows when he wants to kill it to the roots. If you had all that much sense, you'd be preaching at have meetings, bless God. But the reason you ain't is because you ain't. I'd like to string up a bunch of folks on a pogo stick, like you would donuts. Stick them up and put them out to dry. You need the mind of Christ. It ain't nothing but flesh that makes you worry about what this one's going to say and that one's going to say. It's flesh that makes you pussyfoot around the under your relatives and your connections. I thought Jesus said that this mind, not your mind, not flesh, but divine mind. Oh, hallelujah. Some of your mind is showing all over your face, too. I wouldn't even have to have the Holy Ghost to know who's who in this crowd. Just being a school teacher can help you pick out some folk. You learn people after a while. Well, what is the mind of God for a young man? 
Oh, I walk a mile to God. Well, first of all, repent, be baptized, get the Holy Ghost, get in at church and obey the preacher. Learn to worship God. Then, the Bible said, if a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. So that means you have to get a good job. So, I walk the mile to God. Well, start working. To whom I want the mind of the Lord. Well, that's spiritual. Sometimes we think that having the mind of God, getting the mind of God is all out there in the, somewhere in the Milky Way and way up high, where it's foggy and smoky, where spirits run around. It ain't that all that much. This is the mind of God. You know what the Bible said? All Scripture. Given by inspiration of God. Isn't God's spirit? Yes, sir. Then anything he said would be spiritual, wouldn't it? I'm wiggling in the door here, but I'll get in. God's a spirit. So anything he said would be spiritual. Huh? Then if you're obeying what he said, you're being spiritual. If you're being spiritual, you've got the mind of God. You've got the mind of the Spirit. Now that ought to be easy kind of doctrine for wonders people. We know how to put scriptures together. We know how to get around the Trinity and preach wonders. I just didn't have to cure all of this. Some folks are scary. They won't even read a verse that says Father and Son. It's crazy. You hurt your own cause if you don't. But they think, now, what is the mind of God? Getting the mind of God is being spiritual. What is, a, what is a, the mind of God for a young man? It's to grow up, put away childish things, act like a man, take the responsibility, go to work, buy, pay bills, get him a good, clean girl, raise a family, pay rent and groceries, and live at peace as much as he can with his mother-in-law. May I say, like Paul, I seek that my permission. Well, one of the reasons I'm relegating it to the natural. What is, the, what is the will of God for a young woman? What is the mind of God for a young lady? Paul said, I'm with the younger men, women, married, have children, guard the house, love their own husbands, and obey them in all things. That's the mind of God. Now, some of you will get off my bandwagon right now, I'm going to tell you that. Sometime we, now this is what I said, I hate to get on this, and I ain't going to take all that much time on it, but just let Brother Evans alone, because I've got the mind of God. I've got the mind of God. I know what kind of mind some folks have, but I know what I've got. I not only got some in my head, but I've got a whole lot between my two fingers right here. I've got God's brains right in my left hand. You believe that? And the Word was God. If this ain't God's Word, what are we doing with it? And if it is God's Word, what are we doing with it? Somebody said, have you had the whole, received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Somebody else said, what have you believed since you had the Holy Ghost? All right. Sometime you take a little old housewife. Look out, look out, look out. You take a housewife and 
hanging up diapers and running the vacuum cleaner and running up and down the steps, chasing some of the kids, handling them good, putting them to bed, waking them up, fixing his dinner, setting the table, clearing the house, washing, folding clothes, putting them in a drawer, dusting off knickknacks, setting her hair, welcoming her husband when she comes home, and that goes on seven days a week. Sometimes you look around and say, oh my God, what am I good for? I'm nothing but a slave around here. I gotta get out of this house before I go crazy. And then you pick up that People's Magazine and you see some little gal, hair all bobbed, got on a new pantsuit with a pencil in her right ear and a, and a clipboard in her left hand and she's at some kind of a council meeting and she's out working among men and she's part of an executive uh, I don't know what I know all that says been to say, but anyway she got her nose where it don't belong according to the Bible I said according to the Bible there she is and then a poor little old holiness woman say boy that gal making something out of her life all I am is a slave. All I do is white bottoms and snotty noses. I've heard you say it, so why can't I repeat it? Now, if a man marries a young lady, Personally, I don't want my wife taking orders from other men. I prefer to run my house by the Word of God. So if I'm going to get the mind of God for my home, and my wife's going to get the mind of God for a young lady, then she'll do whatever the Bible told her to do. That's the mind of God. If you're doing anything else than that, you haven't got the mind of God. You say, are you condemning me? No, I'm telling you, you haven't got the mind of God. the Bible, Jesus said, my word will condemn you. I don't have to condemn that. The word already condemns it. Why do I need to condemn something that's already condemned? If it ain't the mind of God, it ain't God. And anytime you get the mind of God, things are always better. A preacher is better when he gets the mind of God. A song is better if they get the mind of God. If it'll work with the songs and the preaching, the teaching and the music, why wouldn't it make a better woman, a better wife, if she gets the mind of God? Why isn't a young man better, a better young man, if he gets the mind of God? So how do you get the mind of God? Feel after the Lord. The same way of saying certainly winters. <laughs> In a spiritual and a literal measure. You know what the mind of God is for a young lady? Love some young good man. One that's her own and not somebody else's. And it's a good idea to get one that didn't belong to nobody else, too. Hallelujah! Bible said, teach them to love their own husbands. And that's the mind of God. Okay? You don't need to worry about that. You'll be judged of this book someday. So you better learn it like it is. You better hear it like it is. All right? So she comes and she, the Bible tells her to be keepers at home. 
Hebrews is full. Say, oh, I walk the mind of God. Well, sweetheart, it ain't all that hard. Just do what God told you to do. And you got the mind of God. Man, I see a young, I see some women out preaching. Well, this is bad enough to have to say these things. Why tell who and where? Hallelujah. <laughs> you don't really like me. You just want to get me in trouble. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you believe that they've got the mind of God, I want to ask you a question. Can you hear Paul saying when he, he just said, love their own husbands? Obeying them in all things, keepers at home, guide the house, so forth and so on. Can you hear Paul saying, but there are some women that don't have to pay a bit of attention to what I just said? I clipped you that time, didn't I? You're saying there's some women that that don't apply to, it don't have nothing to do with them. Well, I thought, I didn't know God had special people that didn't have to pay attention to his word. I'm not really fighting that as much as I'm trying to get to another thought here. So don't get hung up on that. So a young lady in the church, maybe she's washing dishes and keeping a clean house. And all she's done is make a meatloaf and bake potatoes and hang up clothes and sweep floors, haul out back and take care of babies. Gets her hair fixed, gets herself all fixed up and ready to come to church. There she sits all tuckered out in the service, kid on one hip and one on the other, wishing the old man would help her a little. Then she comes to service and maybe, maybe some young, a young lady comes through, supposed to be an evangelist, or maybe it's an, an older woman that's out, uh, preaching or pastoring at church or something like that. And they do do it. But it's because they've got their own mind. If they had the mind of God, they wouldn't do it. I don't care what you believe. How come you just read certain parts of the Bible? Why don't you have, be, have some guts to read, keep reading once in a while? Well, anyway, so my that is my point. Although it makes a pretty good point. You can geek for all of that. But it, oh, oh Lord, well, anyhow. But here sits a young lady in our church, and this woman's up there stomping her foot and giving the men down the country and telling us how to live and how to run our home. Saying it and going on, and said, man, that woman's working for God. She's really spiritual. Oh, and look at me. All I am, just an old house slave. She's making something out of herself. She's really working for the Lord. Now her husband may be home. Find his old hand, baby. Trying to get the kids something to eat. Kicking stuff down the road, wishing he had a housekeeper. And her out evangelizing. When midnight comes. 
gauge your sound. Now, sometimes you can say the hopeless name. No, there ain't no reason I'm teaching this. When midnight comes, he'll roll over and grab that empty pillow and say, Come here, baby. silly enough to think, oh, that's wonderful. What's wonderful about something that ain't the mind of God? I don't know whether I'm any good or not today because I feel like naming something else. Now I'm going to tell you something. Your Bible told you, talking about the relationships between a man and his wife, it said Jesus teaching. He not, and Paul advocated it, said, defraud ye not one of another. That means don't withhold your affections physically from one another if you're man and wife. He said, for any cause except one. Now hang on, Nellie Bell. He didn't say, except for being away three or four weeks at a time while you're delivering somebody's baby. He said it's set to be for prayer and fasting. Some of these women running all over the country, gone two and three weeks at a time. I wonder what does the old man do when he gets lonely? Now, you ladies are not careful when you look at individuals like that and think, man, they're spiritual. They're really working for God. They really, uh, they're putting God first. They are not they're putting their self first. The Bible said they prophesy out of their own understanding. They have zeal without knowledge. If God's Word does not give them that authority, it ain't God. You don't have the mind of God till you've got the Word of God. What is the mind of God on that? I'll tell you what the mind of God is. Paul said, I let it, he said, if any man think himself to be spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I say are of God. Said all scriptures given by inspiration of God, problem of the doctrine, reproof, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished under every good work. What is the mind of God? What is the mind of God? No problem. He said, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor a certain authority over the man. For the man was first born and then the woman. Have you got a better idea than that? Are you wiser than the Holy Ghost? Well, if that ain't the mind of God for them, then what is the mind of God for them? You know what the mind of God for them is? Doing just what you do. If you're a good, consecrated, clean, loving, obedient young lady, you can make a heaven out of a man's life. And if you get the mind of God, it can be heaven on earth. Yeah. 
We need the mind. He said, this is the mind of God. This is the mind of God. This is God's mind. If you can only understand, I don't know how I'll ever get it over to this crowd, that I am not all that antagonistic or bitter on the issue that I just mentioned. I'm merely trying to get some folk, if they could ever see the light, that this is the mind of God, then whatever this says, they'll do what it don't say they won't do. It's not all that, it's not a matter of getting mad or trying to hurt somebody, it's a matter of trying to get people to have a little reverence, for thus saith the word of God. It's not a case of trying to uh, put somebody down that maybe has got the, been deceived or got a wrong plan or who maybe is sincere and zealous. They may be sincere, they may be zealous, they may have a desire. And that can come by just being around this thing. But it, that's not the important thing. It isn't what I want. It isn't what I think and what I like. If I've got to have a mind in me that was in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you they don't have the mind of God. But what I'm really trying to say, if you're a young lady and you don't sing, and you don't speak, and you don't teach, and you're not a public figure, and you're not one of the people that we see all the time uh, on the stage of Pentecost, you don't have to downgrade yourself. Oh, I feel all right on that. You don't have to belittle yourself. It doesn't make you something less. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish my little wife was here today. I'd give her a big kiss in front of this whole church, and I'd make it smack till it took her jaw half off. That little wife I got, I just love her, and I'll have to say, and she knows if I was here, she's a plain Jane. She's not one of the twinkly stars of Pentecost. For my house is clean, and my meals are put on the table with a smile. And I and look at her, and to me, she's a model of sobriety and quietness and love and obedience and cooperation, and yet she's not a, a lame brain. She's talked once in a while, tell me what she thinks about things. I consult her many times and we talk it over. I don't cause her to be a zombie. I don't wipe my feet on her. I don't think she's a slave. But baby now she ain't about to be my bishop either. So it's all right. Got to be all right. This is what Paul thought. There's no intelligence higher than the Word of God. When you run your life according to the Word of God, you're using divine intelligence. Anything that competes with the Word of God is carnality. Now maybe you can't see it, but in Revelation it said that when the Antichrist sits upon the throne, he'll exalt himself above everything that is called God. What is called God besides God himself? His word. The Bible said he had on his side name written, the word of God. And his name is called the word of God. When you get ideas and opinions that are conflict with thus saith the word of God, you may not be aware of it, but the inspiration of that was the spirit of Antichrist. I'm saying it's either the mind of God or it's the carnal mind. 
And the Bible said to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now let me say, oh, I don't know. Who's got a bunch of children in this church? Three or four or five. Oh, man. I've had more trouble with this than a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I didn't have a tail that long. <laughs> 